so today, uh, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I would like to do something a little bit different than what I normally do uh, with giving a homily on the gospel, uh, which of course is wrought uh, with many things uh, that, that I could certainly give a homily on. Um, uh, but today I would like to do and speak about uh, something a little bit uh, different. Uh, in hopes that we, it will better help prepare us uh, for Lent, which we are very quickly approaching, and most importantly, set our focus and our hearts on our Lord's resurrection at glorious and holy Pascha. So today, I would like to actually talk about something that happened yesterday. It happened yesterday, which was the first Saturday of souls as appointed in the Triodian. Now this first Saturday in pre-Lent in which we celebrate the divine liturgy and we pray the Trisagian prayers of mercy for all who, as it says, for all those who have departed this life before us, as it says again in one of the litanies. I would like to begin with a wonderful quote from St. John Maximovich of Shanghai and San Francisco, in which he says, Man is created for immortality, and Christ by his resurrection threw open the gates of the kingdom of heaven and eternal blessedness to those who believe in him and live righteously. Our earthly life is preparation for the future and our death is the end of that preparation. Again, this is a quote by St. John Maximovich of Shanghai and San Francisco. Now yesterday, dear brothers and sisters, again, we celebrated the first Saturday of souls as outlined in the Triodian for the Lenten season. And in the Synaxarian for the Saturday before Judgment Sunday, or Meat Fair Sunday, which we celebrate and begin today, we read that yesterday is specifically set aside to remember our loved ones who have departed this life, and to pray for those who have suffered death prematurely in a foreign land, at sea, on trackless mountains, on precipices in chasms, in famines, war, conflicts, cold weather, and all manner of other deaths, and perhaps being poor and without resources, they have not been vouchsafed the customary Psalter readings and memorial services. This is coming from the Synaxarian. So in other words, the church is appointed and given this first Saturday of souls, and for, as a matter of fact, all Saturdays of Great Lent, to pray for all those who have reposed in a way where they could not receive an Orthodox funeral service. Simply put, we remember on this day those who have gone before us, not only to their benefit, but to ours as well. By remembering those who have departed, as outlined in the Synaxarian, should also cause us to reflect, my dear brothers and sisters, on our own deaths. 
and to reflect on the fact that the resurrection of the body on the judgment day is sharing in our Lord's resurrection, which again we will be celebrating in several weeks from now. Remembering our loved ones on any Saturday of souls and the hope of the resurrection would not be possible, would not, could not be possible without Christ's holy resurrection. This is what makes all the difference. The difference is the reality of the resurrection. Our Lord's victory over death and His triumph over sin and the devil, these are not events that only Jesus' disciples experienced and witnessed. And it was not only an event that happened some over 2,000 years ago in a historical sense, but they and is, our Lord's resurrection is a reality we experience each and every liturgical year at Pascha, a reality for us. As we see countless times in Holy Scripture, the disciples themselves were not necessarily transformed while they followed Jesus in His earthly ministry, were they? Because during that time, they still saw Him as the Messiah who came to establish an earthly kingdom and to overthrow the Roman rule. But there's no denying the transformation they experienced by becoming witnesses and partakers to and in our Lord's life-giving resurrection and truly encountering Him as our risen Lord. They knew He was a man. They knew Him to also be God. But they knew Him in all His glory when they witnessed the empty tomb, which we also witness each year at Pascha. This experience of the resurrection, it transformed them. It empowered them. And these same disciples who had once been dominated by fear, doubt, and self-preservation had now become bold. They had become courageous. And they were willing to sacrifice all for the sake of our risen Lord. And what is amazing and extremely relevant for us, I think, is that their success in converting so many and spreading the gospel of our risen Lord had far less to do with their words which were very important because they had a lot of good words to say. But it also had to deal with the witness of their deeds due to their undeniable faith in the resurrection that was palpable in every fiber of their being. They became confessors of the faith, spreading the gospel throughout the Mediterranean region in the face of torture, and even offering up the ultimate price, their lives and martyrdom. Not like so many who have come after them, right? We can look on our walls. We can look at on our iconostats. 
of those who spread the gospel of Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, in the reality of the resurrection, if the reality of the resurrection had the power to so radically transform so many over the course of our history in the church, I assure you, I assure you, it has the same power to do that today. It's available to us today, right now. You know, there is a musical that has been running now for the past, I don't know, 50-something years, give or take, in various places. And I don't even know if it's a thing anymore uh, that many of us may be familiar with or at least have heard about. And this musical is called Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm sure we've heard of this, this, this musical. And I can tell you that I'm not exactly a fan of this musical. And although I've never seen it, uh, from what I understand about it and have heard from people, I have heard that, is it, that it often left them feeling depressed at the end. And when I heard this, I can't help but to think the reason for this is because this musical, if you will, ends not with the resurrected Jesus, but it only ends with the crucified Jesus. Lord have mercy. What can be more depressing than a play or a movie that ends with the death of its hero? Right? Of course, it is not surprising that Jesus Christ's superstar ends with the crucifixion. This rock opera isn't about the joy and the salvation that is found in Christ's resurrection. But instead, it's about the worldview that all things end in death and there is nothing that can overcome this state. That is why I don't like this uh, particular musical. Yes, it's true. It's true. The disciples may have acted this way just prior to the resurrection, but they definitely did not afterwards. They definitely did not. And the key note that was sounded by the disciples and the early Christians and by us today after our Lord's resurrection is victory. Is victory. As St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians and St. John Chrysostom exhorts in his Paschal homily, and I know we have all heard this, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of our Lord's resurrection, the true Orthodox Christian can proclaim himself or herself as an eternal optimist. But of course, the trouble with being an optimist is that people often mistake you or us for being naive, right? That you or we don't know what exactly is going on. But the faithful Orthodox Christian is anything but naive, my friends. The faithful Orthodox Christian knows exactly what is going on. They know there are evil people in the world who thirst for war. They know there are such things as terminal illnesses. And they know that the world is much like a jungle 
is chaotic and it's dark and it's ruled by our enemy. But the faithful, true Christian is an optimist because they know the risen Lord. And instead of fastening their attentions on the problem, the faithful Christian fashions their attention on the answer. And that answer is Christ. That answer is Christ. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, says Christ in the Gospel of St. John. Christ did not say, I will overcome the world. He did not say, I will. He says, I have overcome the world. And when he cried out on the cross, it is finished. It was not a cry of defeat and death. It was a cry of triumph and resurrection. He says, it, the purpose for which I came, says our Lord, has been finished, completed, fulfilled. I have redeemed my people. I have given them the victory. Now, now it is up to us. It is up to us to truly accept it, to truly accept that victory. For he will not force it on us. He will not make us receive it. We must, out of our own free will, accept the salvation that he offers to us. In celebrating the resurrection of Christ, whether it be at Pascha or whether it be at any Sunday of the liturgical year, because that's what we celebrate every Sunday, is the resurrection of Christ. Again, we do not merely celebrate a historical event that happened sometime in the past. We celebrate an event that reaches across time and affects each and every single one of us today. Because of Christ's resurrection, every baptized Christian who draws near to our Lord can say, because of the resurrection of Christ, He lives. Therefore, I too shall live. Christ lives, therefore I too have at my disposal the same power that raised him from the dead. Christ lives, therefore I too have the victory that he extends to each and every one of us. But again, we have to desire it. We have to draw near to this. We have to desire to love him. That is up to us. You know, when we hear that we should fear God, and we hear it multiple times throughout our services, right? It doesn't mean that we should fear God Himself, that we should be fearful of God. We should, of course, but not of Him. It, should, it means that we should fear not being near to Him. That's what it means when we say, the fear of God. Not being near to Him. That should be fearful. It's fearful to me. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Let us not forget those who have gone before us. Let us remember them. Not only on yesterday, the Saturday of souls. But each and every day. Let us pray for them. And let us always remember that our prayers for them should be that they, as well as us, 
share in the glory of Christ's holy resurrection. So that as the Kentuckian for the Saturday of Souls says, and I'll end with this, those that have departed from us and from these fleeting things, do thou settle in the tabernacles of thy chosen and grant them rest with the righteous, O immortal Savior. For though as men they have sinned on earth, thou art the Lord who art free of sin. Forgive them their failings, both voluntary and involuntary, that with one voice we may cry out for them. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.